You don't want to miss today's episode. We'll be talking about text commerce, which is marketing with SMS and MMS. We'll cover best practices, customer acquisition, and retention for positive returns and ROI. Do stay tuned. Welcome to 2X e-commerce, the e-commerce marketing growth podcast where you ask questions and I, Kenny, answers them. Also hear from proven marketing growth experts who are number one or number two in specialist areas of online retail marketing. So if you work in or own an online retail business, listen in, get involved, join me, and let's put some fuel to skyrocket your e-commerce growth. So on the inbound marketing strategies, how do you beat Amazon? Natural search and our search engine position is critical to the customer flow through the website. I personally would not have an account process interrupt checkout flow at all. My favorite customer lifetime value calculation is an easy one. It's your average order value times that purchase frequency times uh, your customer lifespan. I'm Kune Campbell. Let's get rolling. If you're looking to grow your business, there's only one way by building real quality customer relationships. Most marketing software will claim they can do this, but will never deliver on their promises. You need to demand more from your marketing software. And that's where Clavio comes in. Clavio helps you build meaningful customer relationships by listening and understanding cues from your customers, allowing you to easily turn that information into valuable marketing messages. That is why 10,000 innovative brands have switched to Clavio. What's the secret to building customer relationships? Tune in to Clavio's Beyond Black Friday docuseries to find out and unlock marketing strategies you can use to keep momentum going year round. Just head over to clavio.com forward slash beyond BF for more. That's clavio.com forward slash beyond BF.com. Attention online retailers in Europe, a new payment standard known as SCA or Strong Customer Authentication will come into force in September 2019. Mastercard research shows that up to 75% of e-commerce merchants in Europe are potentially unaware of this coming into effect. SCA is a new regulatory requirement that is designed to help retailers and issuers make digital payments more secure. The challenge is to create or keep a frictionless checkout experience for online shoppers. SCA would allow for biometric technology and dynamic passwords to create a more secure and improved online shopping experience. Mastercard's identity check is fully compliant with SCA requirements and facilitates shopping experiences we can all trust, allowing us to securely pay online using features such as our fingerprints. To find out more on Identity Check, visit the MasterCard website. Hi guys, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast. I'm your host, Kunle Campbell, and this is the show dedicated to rapid growth in online retail. On today's show, it's a first. Um, So a lot of you have, I think about four people have reached out to me and um, they were like, you know, Kunle, I need to figure out SMS marketing. I need to figure out MMS marketing. WhatsApp is is around the corner, 
And um, we're seeing like enterprise brands utilize, you know, MMS and SMS, you know, quite often. And um, it seems to be effective. And um, why is it um, not whole of markets? Why is it not a whole of market solution? After all, you know, um, email is democratized. Um, social media marketing is democratized. You know, w- what is going on with SMS marketing? And I was like, okay, I am going to, um, you know, find an expert, a subject matter expert, you know, um, who has vast experience and, you know, has not only uh, not only runs an SMS, you know, um, marketing platform, but, you know, um, ideally has made money for um, a ton of brands, um, particularly in e-commerce. And um, it brought me to, to my guest today, you know, Alex. Um, he's from a company called Alex Bella. He's from a company called Postscript. And they want to be the, um, in an article on TechCrunch I read, they, they said they want to be the MailChimp of SMS, which I found, you know, um, very ambitious, which, which is where they're headed, you know, essentially. They have, um, you know, supported, you know, stores such as a shopping network, Piperloo, Gearbunch, um, to name a few in e-commerce. And I just want him to, I want to bring him on the show today to, to ideally talk, you know, really, really in depth about um, SMS in the e-commerce and online retail space, um, the legal pitfalls, I suppose, what potential um, ways you could explore to using SMS to get in your acquisition and retention or better ROI in general. So um, without further ado, I'd like to welcome Alex to the show. Welcome, Alex. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. And you know, before starting PostScript, I actually worked at a merchant. I worked on the brand side of e-commerce for a long time, for six years. So I definitely understand the the feeling that comes from like looking at these enterprise merchants and seeing them utilize some sort of new marketing tool or new channel and like wanting access to that. Yeah. So yeah, I can really empathize with that. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, what what merchant did you do you work for? I'm out of um, curiosity. Yeah, so it's a company in LA called Stack Commerce. They operate about 200 e-commerce stores uh, for publishers. So they run things like the CNN store or the Mashable store. Uh, yeah. And so uh, I led partnerships there. Amazing. Clever. And they, they leverage, you know, off the back of, um, you know, um, the, the dominance of those brands, you know, um, so conversion rates must have been off the, off the roof. Exactly. Okay. Um, so probably not done you sufficient justice um, with introduction. Um, could you take a minute or less to, to introduce yourself and PostScript and your, your platform? Sure. So uh, I am one of three co-founders of PostScript. And like I said before this, we were working in e-commerce on the actual merchant side of things. And what we saw and what made us uh, start this business was a few macro trends going on that everyone will be familiar with. Uh, mobile traffic every year was just growing and growing and growing as a percentage of overall traffic. The email performance that we were seeing within the industry was just starting to decline. The, like uh, the channel and engagement on email was starting to age and that channel had matured. And so at the same time, Facebook CPAs were increasing. So we were wondering a lot, like, what is the mobile first retention channel? What does email look, what does a modernized email look like? That's not platform dependent like Facebook or Instagram. And we arrived at SMS and uh, we started PostScript. Um, We've been around about a year and it's been a really, really fast uh, rise just within the e-com community um, because there's such a strong need. And so for us, it's been really interesting to operate, especially within the Shopify and the e-commerce ecosystem, because it's so interconnected and there's so many partnerships and interesting uh, like integrations that we can do. 
but um, it's been a really great year of like working closely with merchants, helping them open up a new revenue channel and just educating the market as to why SMS is so important and why it like needs to be a part of the marketing strategy for any modern brand. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, so you, does Postscript have a Shopify app? It does. We're listed. We, uh, we have a perfect five-star review. I think we have 99 reviews last check, which is something we take a huge point of pride in. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we are a listed Shopify app. I didn't realize that. Um, you know, kudos to you because um, that essentially means you've democratized this channel, you know, of um, yes. marketing. Where do we start from? Um, do we start from the opportunities or the pitfalls, um, you know, um, from from SMS, you know, marketing? A lot of people want to, you know, probably jump into SMS and they get their hands, you know, burnt. Yeah. So the that's a good way to describe it. There's both upside and downsides of SMS. So the upsides are obvious. People open every single text message they get. Having any channel that you own with the customer that gets 98 or 100% open rates is incredibly potent. Like right away, it's like, oh, wow, I have a way to actually get my message to people. The downside is that for good reason, nobody wants to be texted by a brand that they never heard of. No one wants to be surprised when they get a text message because it's such a personal channel. So because of this, it's very, very regulated. And there's a set of laws called the TCPA, specifically in the United States, but there are versions of this everywhere. And what the TCPA is, and it's international versions too, it's the Telephone uh, Consumer Protection Act. And what that does is it essentially says, if you text someone or robocall them without them giving you explicit written consent, you're automatically liable not only for a class action lawsuit, but penalties of $500 to $1,500 per message that gets sent, which is, which is pretty crazy because if someone sends out a blast to 50,000 people and it was a non-compliant blast, they'll go out of business from that lawsuit. Yeah. Yeah. So there's huge risk involved if you decide, hey, I want to do SMS and you just go and you send a text to all your old customers right? Just everyone who maybe put in their phone during checkout, but like they never knew they were signing up for SMS. And that is the black hole. And that's where a lot of other SMS uh, solutions don't follow the regulation on. And that's why like we're hearing and seeing brands get into trouble with this because they don't know the risk and they come in and they want to try SMS and they want to send out a message to all their old customers as if they were email addresses. And two weeks later, they have a demand letter. Um, Okay. So, so the key word there was, was written consent. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you get written consent? Do you write it and then ask them to sign or check, you know, the box? Yeah. So it's a great question. So written consent can mean a few different things. It either means that they, uh, during checkout or when on your site, they check what was previously an unchecked box. So if they're on checkout, uh, this is your customer and they click the box that says, you know, I am signing up for uh, news and offers via text message. And then there's some other legalese language around it. But the box cannot be pre-checked. It needs to be blank. And if they check that box during checkout and it is optional, it's not required for them to do that in order to buy, that is one form of written consent. 
The other form of written consent that we're really interested in and we're getting excited about is having a customer actually send the first text themselves. So if a user texts into your brand, and I'm sure we've all seen those like ads around like uh, text Kunle to, you know, 30321 in order to sign up for like e-commerce tips from you. Yeah. Um, if users text in, that also constitutes written consent, them signing up. So the good news is that if you, we, and there's a bunch of tactics we use to make it easy for people to build their list that we can talk about. But if you follow those rules and you get proper opt-ins, no customers are going to be surprised when they get a text. No one is going to be mad when they get a text because they've signed up. You're in no legal risk. And the best part is that you have a, a small group of opted in people who've said, text me when you have stuff. And then you're going to get a hundred percent open rates. You're going to get 10, maybe 40% click through rates on those messages. So as long as you follow those rules, it can be incredibly profitable. That's, that's a a perfect start, you know, to, to kick off the the potentially long-term, you know, relationship Um, in in the UK um, where I've seen the power of, um, SMS is a delivery company called DPD delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, once you, um, you, I don't know how compliant they are, but once you order, say from Amazon, um, and they recognize your, 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 um, your text message, they, um, first of all, brand their messages with their partners. So Amazon, your Amazon delivery is about to be delivered. And mm-hmm. when the driver is within 30 minutes from um, from your home, you get a text message from them. So it's very useful, you know. Um, so yeah, do you, do you like that as a consumer? Do you like getting those updates? I, I do because um, sometimes I'm not home. Um, mm-hmm. And um, they've got more positives from that because um, you could um, also reschedule via SMS. Um, That's great. And then you could give feedback. Um, off the back of it. Um, it's super interesting you know, in terms of like the use cases. Okay, so in the context of, um, so yeah, in your, in your Shopify app, um, do you provide the, um, the opt-in checkbox? Um, does it sort of amend the checkout experience so people are able to, that, that option to subscribe to SMS actually turns up in people's on stores checkouts? Yep. So that's exactly how it works. Uh, We can't automatically edit their checkout because Shopify restricts access to that page. But when someone signs up for PostScript, the like second page before you can send a message or do anything, is like, here's the instructions to update your checkout. And then here's all the other ways we recommend that you drive opt-ins in a compliant fashion. So that's right at the top. Um, And that's been really good for us because... We've just, we've taken the approach that like we used to work in e-commerce. We don't want to put any of our brands or merchants at risk and they don't know what they're getting themselves into when they start SMS. So we've been really, really proactive and forceful with that. Like we don't let any, uh, we don't let any brands come in and upload a giant list of customers and send them a text. They have to actually speak to our team in order to do that. And so that's another way that we like try to prevent them from getting themselves into trouble. Makes, makes a ton of sense. Makes a ton of sense. Okay. Let's talk about um, the other opt-in options. Um, the, some podcasts I listen to, 
that um, mm-hmm. will have, you know, 50 email marketing tips, just hypothetically speaking. But in order to get, you know, them to send them over to you, um, you need to text, you know, the number, blah, 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 blah. And then they're, they're, opt- they're opted in. I think you text your email or something. Sure. Um, so, so in the context of e-commerce and online retail, um, how best can you, um, you know, um, start to build out your, um, your, your mobile phone list? Yeah. Okay. There's a, there's a bunch of ways and this is like my biggest passion. So I'm geeking out a little bit. Uh, so a checkout, like we discussed, but that's going to be small. It's going to be, you know, in terms of site traffic, it's only a few percent of site traffic actually makes it to the last page of checkout. And only a percentage of that are going to check an unchecked box. So there's a bunch of other better ways to drive opt-ins. The first is what you're describing, text to opt-in. Some of our merchant partners just put banners around their site, right? Uh, Text, text Alex to whatever number in order to get like first look at new products or in order to join our VIP list or in order to like uh, get first access when when our holiday sale launches, right? Using incentives like that as opposed to just saying opt into text from us, using a specific incentive, we've seen be the best way to drive a higher opt-in rate, like, like an offer of VIP access or a discount, something like that, um, maybe free shipping. So it can be banners. There's also this really, really cool uh, technology that Postscript built out where, and everyone will have to use their imagination for this, but how it works is using Postscript, you can generate short links and when these links are clicked and the person is on their phone, it will open up their text message app and a pre-filled opt-in message is sitting there that they just have to hit send on. It's pre-populated. So these short links, so we've seen people uh, drop them into their email campaigns. We've seen people plaster them around their site, share them on social media. And whenever a user clicks, if they're on their phone, Boom, they're like the opt-in message is sitting there waiting for them. They just hit send and they're opted in. And if they're on a desktop computer when they click those links, they're taken to a landing page on site to type their phone number in to enter. Okay, so, so that, yeah, go ahead. Essentially, it's a short link that triggers whatever messaging app is on their phone. Mm-hmm. If Correct. they click on a phone. So we're saying like if you're like on, the, on an iPhone, it's like an iMessenger short link. Exactly. Okay, I mean, that's clever. Yeah, and it pre-fills the message so they never have to type anything. They just hit send. And so using those through really like whatever channel someone gets a lot of traffic, that is a great way to drive opt-ins. Okay, so, um, so would it switch the application in, in, in Focus um, from my web browser where, where most yes. of it would have been or my email to my messenger? So I don't see my, my email again. My messenger, my iMessenger just comes up. It comes up, you hit send, you get a confirmation back from us, and then you're, the user is subscribed to that merchant's PostScript account. So that's pretty fluid. So what kind of conversions are you seeing from click to opt-in rates with, with that option? Yeah, it, it varies so much by brand. Um, it's been interesting. I get asked that question a lot, and... Sometimes on click to conversion, because there's no typing, because it's just, it's there. We'll, we'll see like 70 or 80% conversion on that second step. But with some brands, it's more like 30. 
um, if really that whole that whole window exists just based on like how engaged of an audience we see with that particular brand and how much of a cult following they have. Because Thanks. for engagement, like that'll really dictate um, because SMS is such a personal channel, brands that like have the owner's voice or a specific voice and really speak to the user base and connect with them. Those are the ones that the audience wants SMS updates from because people at most are going to sign up for text updates from like maybe three to five brands. Whereas I don't know about you, but with email, I'm probably on 200 different email lists. So it is going to be a smaller, more personal group. Yeah. Yeah, I actually stopped, opted out of Domino's. So we have mm. Domino's Pizza here. And, sure. Um, I think every three days, they were messaging me about offers, and I responded to their message um, with a stop. Yeah. Um, just last, like two weeks ago. And then I kept on getting the messages again, and I realized I had to actually text the, the number. So they said to stop. You know, so it was not to respond stop as 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 it will be with Facebook Messenger. It was like mm-hmm. text this other number, not for- wow. <laughs> so I, I finally figured that out. And- that is so not user friendly. That's yeah. awful. They're just trying to keep you as if as if you'll buy a pizza after they've already made you mad from spamming your phone. I think frequency is, is, is an important, you know, because um, it's is very, very important with, with these things. And which brings me to my next question. Um, I actually have two, but, uh, which is um, where in the funnel is mm-hmm. uh, SMS marketing best suited for? Um, would you say to acquire new customers or to get existing customers to for retention, essentially, to, to purchase again? Sure. It's effective in both. It's effective in converting people from like mid funnel down through conversion to re- onward to retention. So on the conversion side of things, people who collect phone numbers via pop-ups, they will just like with email, they tend to focus on pushing mobile traffic to SMS pop-ups and desktop traffic. They'll stick with email. And if that person isn't a customer yet, they'll drop them into a specific welcome series aimed at converting them. And, uh, that is pretty effective. And then post-purchase, SMS can be very effective because you can utilize all of that purchase data to send all the customer's purchase data to send a very targeted message. So let's say that uh, I, as a customer, have bought three of these shirts. Like I would be dropped into a specific um, SMS flow to like update to update me when like the new version of these launch and like for a customer, that's an incredibly relevant piece of messaging to get. So, uh, driving retention and repeat purchases, but also the like mid funnel conversion. Once someone is on your site, it's a good channel. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. So in, so the, the, the messages, um, how often, and you know how many words um, are, are optimal? Um, it's text only, yeah. I suppose. Or um, would you go multimedia with with MMS? Yeah. So we were actually just doing some data on, uh, like, some data analysis on this uh, this week. So different brands see different performance with their creative. Some brands see no difference between sending an SMS and an MMS in terms of ROI or in terms of like actual like revenue per message sent. And MMS messages tend to be much more expensive. So 
if you're getting the same revenue per message on a much cheaper SMS, that's great. However, a lot of the higher end brands or the brands that have extremely high quality creative, if you have like imagery that looks really good, or if you have a very fun voice that can come through using GIFs and emojis uh, and like longer formatting, those brands do see a lift utilizing MMS. So we see both there. As far as cadence, the program that we recommend for anyone starting out is, look, you need to build out a whole suite of automations, the things that are hitting your user base based on where that particular customer is in their journey. So abandoned carts, welcome series, post-purchase upsells, winbacks, shipping and delivery notifications, uh, setting up your automation flows, and then continue to iterate those over time. But then on top of that, you also want a campaign schedule. And a campaign schedule should be a reflection of your biggest marketing calendar events, but it can't be every day. Yeah. Maybe once or twice a week, if you're sending out to everyone uh, on the campaign side, or what I would prefer to recommend is someone get tar- gets targeted. So if you're launching your new summer women's collection, right? do you want to segment your audience and you want to send that text to them, but you probably don't want to send it to your whole list because there's a lot of men on your list as well. Sending targeted campaigns once to twice a week to keep a list warm, but without bombarding people seems to be the sweet spot. Amazing. So backend postscript, um, what um, data points do you have about a customer um, beyond their their mobile phone um, details? Yeah. So we hold every single e-commerce parameter that's stored on Shopify's side plus some of our own. So any any order, any customer attribute, and then also like all our data. So like it's also, you can filter based on like the last message someone clicked, that sort of thing. So that means that you could build out audiences, you know, based on behavioral, you know, driven audiences. Do you exactly. know who's and do you know who's, and then it means you could create flows. Exactly. Okay. Um, then um, what do consumers want to, what can consumers handle in terms of frequency um, mm-hmm. from a brand? Um, when does it? When is it borderline spam? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> a great question. We think about this a lot. So consumers can handle things that are worthy of a text, and I know that that's ambiguous, but that's the best advice I have. If you are sending messages three times a week with with nothing truly valuable for the user. That's going to wear them out. However, if you've built up a list uh, exclusively because you're going to drop like the latest edition of your shoes this coming week, they want that text. So using the larger framework of like what we all get texts all the time. We all use text heavily. What's worthy of sending a text message? Is it the daily 5% discount? No. Is it because you launched a new product because you're giving exclusive access because it is a promotion? All of those things are much more like justified reasons. And that we see as more important than uh, cadence or frequency when informing ROI and unsubscribe rates. It's really about like the quality of the message. Message. And, uh, okay. Um, super, super interesting. Um, would you hit a customer from all angles, say with the sh- um, you know, um, shopping abandonment um, flow? Um, given the fact that um, you now have Facebook Messenger, you know, apps, third-party apps that will do your cat abandonment. Um, mm-hmm. You definitely have email. Um, you could pixel them and Facebook ad. Um, yeah. Targeting with third-party tools such as AdRoll or Criteo. Um, and then would you 
Well, uh, and then you have PostScript now with SMS. So what is best practice? Um, hit them all with um, from all angles or um, focus on just SMS? Yeah, so this, is, this comes up a lot and we see two schools of thought. We see customers who don't, we see merchants who don't want any uh, like cross-channel messaging. So there's some merchants out there who only want to send person, uh, only want to send a customer a message through a single channel. Then we have merchants who want to reach that customer through every single channel. And what they tend to do is they're like, look, this is omni-channel marketing. Some people are engaged with their email inbox and some people are engaged with their like Facebook messenger. And some people check their text messages. I never check my Facebook messenger, but I'm in my SMS all day. And so what, what we see as the best tactic for someone who wants to go omni-channel, which is what I would recommend for anyone who's looking to maximize revenue, is mixing up your cadences so that to the customer, it's still not overwhelming. So what I mean by that is if you're going to send out an abandoned cart through all three channels we discussed, through email, through Facebook Messenger, and through SMS, don't have them all scheduled to go one hour after the person abandons their cart. That's going to be annoying to that end customer to be hit up from three channels at once. Instead, have the email go out an hour later and the SMS message go out three hours later and the Facebook message the next day. And if, if you're using quality tools for any of those, it doesn't matter. For example, with PostScript, it doesn't matter if someone buys earlier from an email abandoned cart. If that happens, our message will never send. So if you're using quality tools, there won't be crosstalk if you stagger the channels and use them all. Well, I think, yeah, the timing is important. And mm-hmm. that's what Omni is all about, you know, uh, making sure everything has a flow. Yes. Know, the connection between all, all channels. And, and I, I suppose, um, you know, um, given probabilities, um, you're, you're going to be asking yourself as a marketing, you know, um, leader, what channels are people likely going to open it more on? You know, what channels have the highest open rate? You know, yeah. Sort of prioritize off the back of that and, you know, timing also. Amazing, amazing. Um, next question, or probably my final question before we go into the lightning round is lists. You know, um, so your, um, your, your email list, so your, um, your, your messaging list, are you seeing, so should marketers or, or brands, e commerce brands, have two separate lists, you know, um, should they have, now that, um, you know, um, SMS is a channel to reckon with, um, what, how should people manage um, their, their customer database? Um, should they have a single customer view? Um, yeah. Have their email lists? Um, should they have um, their, their SMS list? What, what, what is, what, what best in class um, clients of yours um, how are they approaching, um, you know, um, customer information? We're, it's still early. So we're seeing a lot of messiness right now in this, in this area. I think you're right uh, that things to, that marketers want it to be more coordinated uh, across different channels and with different list management. But at least within the Shopify ecosystem, there really isn't a centralized CRM yet. Um, and so... No one is doing this extremely well. The other thing we see is that sometimes lists are fundamentally different. Like if someone is capturing mobile traffic to SMS and desktop traffic to email, 
like there won't be a ton of overlap in those lists. So I would say it's early days and there hasn't been a fix for it yet or, or really a, a solution. What our approach is, is managing it through integrations. So for example, we integrate with Klaviyo and anyone sending through PostScript can like sync lists between those two. So they can say, oh, hey, I want to send out an SMS campaign to everyone who didn't open my email campaign yesterday. And so like that's the closest that we're seeing so far is yeah. using those types of tools. Yeah, it probably spells an opportunity either um, in the app space or mm-hmm. um, Shopify itself yeah. to, to create a, you know, a single customer view um, platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm interested to see what Shopify does there. I think we're very, very, very focused on SMS and like there's all kinds of deliverability complications with SMS because it's such an old technology. It's been around since the 90s. So we spend all of our time just going deeper and deeper and deeper and like building out custom solutions to ensure messages don't get filtered and that they actually get through, which is a big problem. So I don't know that we're going to be the ones to solve it. I hope that Shopify does something here because that would be like the easiest thing for us to work off of. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that, um, what 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 to deliver it? What 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 the challenges in, in deliverability um, with SMS? Sure. So every country has different wireless carriers. Uh, you know the different the different mobile networks, and all of them have slightly different infrastructure, and all of them have different filtering in place. So um, a big issue with doing SMS is that no marketer knows about this sort of stuff, and why should they? So. Oftentimes, their messages won't be going getting through, and they won't realize it. And it's because the, their messages will be sent through like cheaper types of phone lines through nine or ten digit phone numbers instead of the five digit short code co- corporate numbers. And if messages are sent out in bulk through those long phone numbers, they're getting filtered, they're getting blocked. Um, whereas getting like special like uh, carrier approved short codes that are unfiltered. Those can be very beneficial because your messages get through. However, they're incredibly expensive. So oftentimes people end up on a shared short code with other merchants. And then like you're getting texted by five or six merchants on a single phone number and that doesn't look good. So we spend a lot of our time uh, building out like our unique IP, which is around unfiltered phone numbers that don't have crosstalk between brands. So no brands on PostScript share a phone number, but all their messages get through. Makes sense. Makes sense. And um, what countries do you cover now? We're available globally. Uh, about 95% of our business is US, Canada, and Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyone worldwide can use PostScript. Okay, dokie. Um, I said the last question, my final question, but this, this is my final question before mm-hmm. going to the evergreen um, you know, lightning round, which is um, at the back end of PostScript um, mm-hmm. and the um, flows, you have menus, um, which are pretty much um, or recipes, pre-made um, flows that marketers can um, sort of use as templates and, and just, you know, edit to, to, to quickly, you know, launch their, their, their flows and campaigns. Yes, we are big on templates. We are big on giving the, like, idea of what good creative looks like and then having the brand edit it to just polish it in their voice. We're big on that. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, um... Thank you, thank you so much. Um, of course, it's been you know I've, 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 I'll be proud to say I'm leaving this conversation more enlightened. So nice. <laughs> okay, so uh, next 
Brown, just before I let you go, I'm going to ask you about five questions. And if you could use a single sentence to, to answer them, it'd be brilliant. It's been a lightning round. Let's do it. Lightning round. <laughs> right. How do you hire people? Ideally from our network. Awesome. Okay. Um, what are your three indispensable tools used for managing PostScript? Telegram is our internal internal company chat. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, the stickers are extremely fun. Um, Asana is how I personally manage my life. So I run my uh, like my personal for the company, but also my personal life. Like my quarterly, my monthly, and my weeks are all run out of Asana. Mm. Telegram, Asana, and oh, uh, Intercom. We love chatting live with our customers. Intercom is always on. You're very message oriented. Is feels more of a company. Um, what's your what's been your best mistake to date? I mean, the setback that's giving you the biggest feedback. Sure. So when we started, we uh, connected the live chat on our site to every anytime someone chatted in, we would get a call on our phones. Uh, my co-founders and me. And we did this because we didn't want to miss any customer conversations. And it actually ended up being kind of awful because we grew really quickly and we were getting calls in the middle of the night and people were just chatting us in all the time. So that was hard, but it ended up being incredibly beneficial because for our first maybe four to five months, we were just talking to customers all the time and getting so much fast feedback and learning. And that was a great thing. It was worth like waking up in the middle of the night. That's actually a tip, rather. Yeah. <laughs> but to be honest, okay, um, what's one piece of advice um, would you give retailers keen on growing their brand um, with SMS specifically? Yes. I would say get compliance right in the start and don't be afraid of another channel that needs creative because everyone we see doing SMS is really just taking the creative that they're making for email and Instagram and putting it through the text channel. Mm. So it's not like a huge lift that needs a bunch of other work. Mm. Okay. All right. If you could choose a single book or resource that has made the highest impact on how you view building a business and growth, which would it be? Okay. Um, a single resource. Well, I'll just share one that's top of mind right now. Um, Claire Hughes-Johnson, who is the uh, COO of Stripe, yep. there's a great YouTube video uh, that where she talks about how to run a meeting well. And it turns out all of us have been running meetings horribly like around the world and that I've never been in a really well-run meeting before. And she really breaks it down. And there's so many good like tips and insights in there. So I've been thinking a lot about that just for how to efficiently run a team and how to do meetings well. Perfect, perfect, perfect. I'm, I'm, I found it. I found it. <laughs> nice. Definitely there. And, you know, I'll share it in, in the script. Okay. Um, for those who want to, you know, follow um, PostScript, um, you know, follow you on social media, how's the best way to connect? LinkedIn. Awesome. Okay. We, we, we connected via LinkedIn. Yeah, exactly. I, I think LinkedIn is very underrated and undervalued. And like, we see a ton of growth through it. I love talking about SMS on LinkedIn. Always open to connect. Awesome. All right, guys, just search for Alex Bella on, on LinkedIn. You'll find out all postscripts. Awesome. been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, Alex. Um, thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right, cheers. So that was a wrap on this week's episode of 2X e-commerce. Remember, you can catch me every week 
and also send your questions and comments on Twitter using the hashtag 2XEcommerce. Keep yourself in the loop by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. It only takes a few seconds and it means you'll get the most up-to-date episodes to help you grow your online store. Do have a good one till I catch you on the next show. Bye-bye.